The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. First Friday show of the season is upon us, of the regular season, I should say. Field Matthew and Star Fanya with you, as we will be every single Friday, to preview every single game. I hope your fantasy match uh, matchups are off to a rousing start. We finally have more football on Sunday. How is anyone's matchup off to a rousing start? In because, all seriousness, after that game last night. like in I all, play in a punters-only league. And I, I mean, had right. Pat O'Donnell as my punter one, and I right. had J.K. Scott as my punter two. Uh, you, If you made a desperation start of Jimmy Graham, Right, that's you're, literally the only way. Well. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson had a good game. You're right. Allen Robinson. That's fair. Allen Robinson should have had like. For the record, a much I was better. High on Allen Robinson. This there you go. Good job. That's true. Allen Robinson had a good game. He was very right. good. Very good point. Sorry, Stefan, you're already patting yourself off. You know why? You know why? You know why? the back. You know why it's very important because um, I'm 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 playing against uh, Lou Riddick. In our, actually, I think in the war he, room actually he has him in the war room league and is beating me. I have him in a different league. Okay, good so, stuff there. Good, we'll get to story. much more yeah, of it, the Bears and the Packers when we recap the games on Monday. We've awesome. got a ton to get to, including the most bizarre story that simply won't go away. So let's get to it. Game preview. We begin with something that's not really a game preview because it's more like a WWE scene. On Wednesday, Antonio Brown, you've heard of him. Literally went toe to toe with GM Mike Mayock. Confronted him. It almost got physical. And here's what we know. According to Adam Schefter, the Raiders are planning to suspend Antonio Brown, which allows us to sort of dovetail with our game preview of the Broncos, Broncos and the Raiders Monday night, the last game of the evening. Antonio Brown, he is not likely to play on Monday. It's hard for us to evaluate this too much in terms of season long impact, Matthew, because he could be spent for a game. He could be cut. He could be, who knows? Anything could happen. But for Monday night, you know, are we all of a sudden? I mean, Tyro Williams has become like the most important backup wide receiver in football. Yeah, he has been. So interesting. So for, let's quickly just dive into Antonio Brown for just one second. We did a draft last night, the fantasy show stuff, the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. Secret Squirrel was in that uh, in that draft, and uh, Statapiller Damian Dabrowski was in that draft. Antonio Brown lasted to like. I think the sixth round, right? Wow, the that sixth, feels way too low, but wow. This, I mean, just, but like, it's, you drafted last night that you don't know when this guy's going to play, who he's going to play for. Yeah. Is there going to be other problems? That, I mean, like, so, right, it's insane that he lasted until the sixth round. I was going to take him and then Damien sniped him from me. But in fairness, I had five shots at him. True, I, yeah. I mean, like, I just, but I mean, I went right, wide receiver heavy in that one for anyone that's wondering. Um, Good story. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my point here is this, uh, Field Yates. Um, this is a crazy story. We don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. It's what we talked about in the preseason about there's risk with him. There is, we talked about, we've talked about this throughout that, you know, that what happens if they get up to a bad start? Like honestly, the drama's happened sooner than I thought it was going to happen, but it has certainly happened to your point about Tyrell Williams. Yes. Like he is now suddenly the number one wide receiver on a team that we think is going to throw a lot. Right. And so just specifically for, I mean, do you want to talk about Tyrell Williams for season long for people that still have drafts? Uh, I think more so for week one. For because week again, one, the Antonio Brown story could change five times by Monday. 100% there. So I am at wide receiver 31 here. Worth noting the Broncos last year allowed the 10th highest deep completion percentage, right? They also allowed the fifth most deep touchdown passes here. And that's sort of Tyrell Williams game here. 
Um, my expectation here is look, the, the line has moved. The Broncos are now favored in this game with all the Antonio Brown news. I think when you think about how are the Raiders going to move the ball in this one, obviously it's, you're going to see a lot of Josh Jacobs, but I think it's Tyrell Williams, and I think it's Darren Waller. Darren Waller, who makes your love list this week, Matthew, one of your favorite players coming into this preseason. Waller the baller, no question about it. Last year, Broncos allowed over nine yards per attempt to tight ends. That was fourth most in the NFL. Look, Darren Waller, we don't have a lot of stats on him because he hasn't played that much. What I can tell you this is that he is like, he's six foot five, he's 256 pounds, and he ran a four four six forty at the combine. He's a converted wide receiver. He is big. He is fast. And again, you're looking for guys to catch the ball when Derek Carr's back there. You're not starting Derek Carr this week, even in a two quarterback league, you know, but I do believe I moved Darren Waller up to tight end 10. I think he gets a massive target share in a good matchup here. Again, last year, Broncos allowed over nine yards per attempt, two tight ends. Again, he's, he's big and fast. We don't have anything to go on because we don't know what these defenses are like. Obviously, Vic Fangio now in Denver, we expect their defense to be better, but we just don't know yet, Field. Uh, no question about that. For the Raiders, uh, we also look look forward to the debut of Josh Jacobs. For the Broncos, Stefania, a player that we've said it a couple times, borderline miraculous comeback for Emmanuel Sanders. And not only did he play in the preseason, but he's all systems go, we presume, for week one. Off the injury report, I think that if this was a big concern a few months ago. How will, Emmanuel, how will Emmanuel Sanders fare coming off an Achilles surgery? He showed us that he's got some of the quickness and explosiveness back. My only caution is we've seen it for brief periods of exposure in the preseason. We haven't seen it for four quarters in a game. So I'll be curious to see how much he's utilized and how he holds up across an entire game. He comes in, the consensus ranks at 28. Nobody has him as a starter amongst your wide receivers. More of a flex consideration because we want to see just how much he actually plays. And also, it's Joe Flacco now. Like, he is an uninspiring... Yeah. It was uninspiring last year, but still, um, a year uh, older, yeah, still banged up. I'm not so sure. I think it's okay to be slow to the draw on Emmanuel Sanders. I'm I'm slightly more optimistic than you are. I'm at wide receiver 25 here. Had a four for 96 game against the Raiders last year. I don't think Joe Flacco is a big downgrade from Case Keenum, and I've been saying that. And so, look, I mean, again, he's a wide receiver three, but uh, and I think it's more floor than upside with Emmanuel Sanders, at least early on in the season. And let's see. Like it's one thing to have a couple of good plays. Can he go a whole game? Obviously, but sure. I am I am more bullish on Emmanuel Sanders for both this game and for the season than perhaps you are. Week one is somewhat observational for us, right? We're still learning how teams are planning to actually utilize a player. Sometimes we forecast it wrong. David Montgomery last night being an example for the Broncos. The backfield's sort of interesting this year. How much more does Royce Freeman run the football relative to last season, or produce, I should say, because he actually got a decent number of carries last year. But Matthew, what's your confidence in Philip Lindsay as a Week 1 starter? I don't have him as a starter in Week 1. I'm as a flex play. I'm at running yeah, back same. 23, right? I have Royce Freeman at 33. So I've, if you're choosing between the two, I have Lindsay higher than Freeman. But all the reports out of camp so far this year has been that Royce Freeman is a better fit for the offense that they're going to be running this year, that they want to be more of a true running back by committee, a, a true 50-50 split, and that Royce Freeman was really banged up last year, was playing through an injury throughout the year, and so now fully healthy again. This is a guy that was an absolute beast at Oregon. I think people forget how good Royce Freeman was in college. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, again, if you're picking in week one, I have Lindsey over Royce Freeman here. Uh, Raiders allowed 3.05 yards per carry before first contact last year. Fourth highest there. You can run on the Raiders. And I do like the fact that Lindsey ended his 2018 season before he got hurt, obviously, 
eight straight games with either multiple catches or 110 plus rushing yards. I feel a little bit more confident in Lindsey than Royce Freeman, but I don't have confidence in either of them as a starter. It's merely a flex. Certainly a much more passing game upside for Philip Lindsey versus sure. Royce Freeman. We'll see if Royce Freeman actually outrushes him this year just because he is more equipped to handle that. And it is worth noting, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because just so we level set here, ESPN default settings are PPR. So when we discuss any of these games, when we discuss our rankings, they're for PPR leagues. And so, to your point, that's one of the reasons why Lindsay's higher than Freeman. It's obviously is the passing game upside. In Minnesota, one of the great stadiums in the NFL, the Falcons play the Vikings in Week 1. And one of the big storylines this week that maybe has been a little bit underreported just because of Antonio Brown and Zeke Elliott's own contract, but Julio Jones does not yet have a contract. Julio Jones opened the door to not playing on Sunday yesterday. Now, maybe it was just a teeny tiny, you know, sliver of opening, right? Not much. But Julio Jones... enough! Enough. Enough to strike fear. A lot of people yesterday saying, whoa, do I have to worry about Julio Jones not playing? Couple of things here. You do. Yeah, yes, you do. I think it's unlikely, but is that a... Would you say right now 100% he's playing? So what I was going to say, and I'm just going to get to it, is that you have a couple of things going for you. A, I think it's very, 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 very unlikely that he sits out on Sunday. B, it's a one o'clock game. All right. So you have chances to make other plans. It's not like you're waiting until 820 on Sunday night and you're slotting somebody in at one, et cetera. Right. I think we'll have clarity here by Sunday morning and certainly by Sunday at 1130. If he plays, you obviously play him. But if he does not play, that ties to Calvin Ridley, who we don't feel great about, and Mike Clay talked about that during his wide receiver cornerback cornerback matchup yesterday. All of us have him ranked as a wide receiver for this week. If Julio Jones sits, though, does the growth in targets say, like, all right, you know what? That means Calvin Ridley's a guy you're starting with confidence. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, obviously, if we we expect this to be a reasonably high scoring game, the over under is forty seven and a half here. Two good offenses. Uh, especially, and we expect, by the way, the Falcons to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. I, I should say, I expect. Yeah, that. I agree. And with I would, that. I would, yeah. I would think you guys would be on board with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it is very unlikely, and I think in a follow up, once Julio opened the door to him not playing until unless he gets a new deal, somebody asked him and said, like, a reporter asked him. I saw the clip online where he said, like, is it fair to say you'll be playing Sunday? And he said, yeah, go with that. So he seemed to sort of backtrack it a little right, bit. Yeah. As it well. was a, just a little teeny tiny crevice. But in this world we live in where Ezekiel Elliott is in Cabo and Melvin Gordon isn't anywhere near the Chargers facility and Le'Veon Bell sat an entire year last year right. in this sort of new NFL, like if a player says, if a star player says, I don't want to play unless I get a new deal, you have to take it seriously. You sure do. And by the way, it also would impact the value of quarterback Matt Ryan. None yep. of us have him ranked as a top 10 play this week. Let's just put it this way. Let's make it simple. Like many people, and we had this conversation going into yesterday's game, not a lot of people wanted to uh, roster two quarterbacks in week one. So right. even if they didn't have great confidence in Aaron Rodgers, they still played him. Didn't quite work out. But Matt Ryan, Did right for now. Me, somebody had him on the hate list. There, there you, you go. go. Second backpack of the season. There you uh, go. Matt Stephane Ryan. and I tied it, 1-1. So obviously we have sort of limited confidence in, in Matt Ryan, uh, lesser confidence in Matt Ryan, even with Julio Jones playing. If Matt Ryan does not have Julio Jones on Sunday, 
clearly a player that if you can find another option, and we'll give you some streamers later on in the podcast, would consider going that direction. Just one note from me on Julio Jones. I've seen a few things out there with foot listed next to his name. I want to be clear that on the official injury report, he was listed as limited Thursday, but it said not because of injury. Right. There is not an injury concern with him, if people are wondering. All right, so there is an injury concern, though, on Stephon Diggs, Stefania. And Stephon Diggs is a Can player. I just real quickly on, on Matt Ryan, I just want to uh, uh, back to that. Like, I would start Matt Ryan. I would not stream him. Like, I'm at QB 11, which is just outside. Even without Julio? That's a different scenario. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Here's what I would say. Tune into Fantasy Football now on Sunday, and if Julio's declared inactive, we will discuss all the options there. Yeah, certainly that would lower his expectations. If Julio doesn't play, then you're probably scrambling. Depends on what your options are. But I would say, assuming that Julio plays on Sunday... I'm starting Matt Ryan here. Worth noting, Vegas has the over-under here again with 47.5. They basically say Atlanta's going to score 20 points. Um, and since 2016, when the Falcons has uh, when the Falcons have scored at least 20 points, Matt Ryan has averaged 24.5 fantasy points. All right, so let's move along to the other side of this game. Stephon Diggs is currently dealing with a hamstring issue. Stephon has been limited so far in practice this week. How far up is your antenna right now? Well, it was really far up on Wednesday when he actually didn't practice at all. And the, the fact that, that he was... Like? Uh, I wanted to see way, what did the antenna look like. Way far up. Like uh, is way it like, up here, like out of the screen. You can't I mean, like, uh, you know, is it, is it no. like the girl in yeah, uh, Avengers? No. Yeah, no. It's like the scoop hat, only I have an antenna on it. You have an there antenna you. on it. All right. Is it like so one antenna? That's all curious. you get. In any event... Stephon Diggs back in practice, working with the wide receiver group, not doing everything, obviously limited. I would say the pattern here, don't be surprised if he's listed as limited again today, but ultimately plays. But if you go back to the history of Stephon Diggs and he's had soft tissue injuries in the past, when he's come in a little bit limited, it's enough to make me spread the difference between Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs to a little bit wider gap. To your point, Stefania, we looked this up. So in Stephon Diggs's career, when he has been on the injury report and played, you know what I mean, to Stefania's point here, right? Uh, his career splits on and off the injury report. When he is on the injury report but still plays in a game, he averages 9.1 fantasy points per game. He averages about 37 receiving yards a game, 0.17 receiving touchdowns per game. When he's off the injury report, he's a guy that averages 15.4 fantasy points per game, over 66 receiving yards a game, half a touchdown a game. So, like, there's a significant difference in Stefan Diggs' production when he is on the injury report or off the injury report. So, I mean, obviously there's also games he missed. He, he deals with this. The hammy has always been an issue for, for Diggs here, but this makes me nervous. I'm at wide receiver 16, but I don't feel great about it. But you do feel great about his running mate, which is Adam Thielen. And, of course, sure. keep uh, it locked on Sunday morning for more injury information on Stephon Diggs. You love Adam Thielen this week, Matthew, to bounce back after a slow finish to the 2018 regular season. I'm as a top 12 play this week. Remember, Falcons ranked 27th against wide receivers last year. They allowed 16 red zone slot completions last season. That was fifth most in the NFL. And so Adam Thielen, who is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL and seemed to have a connection here, we are all... I, I should, I don't want to, but I believe all of us here are expecting a big year from Dalvin Cook. And so we don't need to talk about Dalvin Cook. You're obviously starting him, but my, the reason I bring that up is that 
Kirk Cousins is one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL. And so an effective play action game here and when the and when Dalvin Cook is running, when he's running right, like he's as good as there is in the NFL and so he's fully healthy now. My expectation here is that the passing game of Minnesota gets on track against Atlanta. I think this is going to be a fun kind of sneaky shootout game uh in uh, in Minnesota. The Rams go across the country to play the Panthers. We begin of course with the injury that was the defining one of the preseason in many ways. That was Todd Gurley knee issue the exact specific nature of it kind of remains a mystery. But Stefania, his workload on Sunday is not because Sean McVay said no pitch count. You nervous at all? Uh, there's a difference there. You can get away with saying no pitch count and still have a, <laughs> I'm on a pitch count. We're going to, we're going to see how he responds sure. during the game. And you may not have to me what that translates to is there is not a specific set number of snaps for Todd Gurley. But that doesn't mean that they won't be monitoring how he looks, how he's feeling as the game goes along, and that they may make adjustments as a result. So, you know, interpret it how you will. That's I am still waiting to see. The proof is in the pudding. This is a guy who did not play at all during the preseason as most of the Rams starters sat out. But they had him on this very, very structured and limited workload throughout training camp in order to get him ready for the season. To think that they would abandon that completely once week one starts is a bit silly to me. I, I mean, look, if you have Todd Gurley, you're starting starting Todd Gurley. Stottenham. Stottenham, whatever. <laughs> I, whatever. It's early. English is my second language. The point here, though, is to, to find – and listen, I love Sean McVay. Like, truly love – I mean, you guys know. I like – you know, was was the best the tight ones, ends coach in Redskins yeah. history. Like I have been a long time. I am Team McVay, right? Um, for a long, long time. The one thing I'll say here, though, is that after the Super Bowl, when it was clear Todd Gurley wasn't Todd Gurley, he was asked, "Was Todd Gurley hurt?" Nope. I mean, like he. I don't think they've ever admitted Todd Gurley is not a hundred percent. So I don't know that I fully. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship here with Coach McVay, and I get it, and I don't, I don't deny it. But for our purposes here, look, you're starting Tard Gurley, but I'm, I'm with Stefania here. I think let's, let's see before we're, we're all, uh, you know, waving victory flags, and you know, nearly 27 points per game when he averages or when he has 15 or more uh, touches for Todd Gurley over the past two seasons. That's in 28 games. So the guy is the difference maker if he gets that those carries. Cooper Cup, Stefania, again, another player Not like Emmanuel name. Sanders. Matt has a little Cooper Cup. Thank Remarkable you. Remarkable recovery from that ACL tear last year. But you said this week at some point, some of the effect of like, you know, hey, don't be surprised if they're not exactly full Voltron right at the gates. Same same medical staff, right? And they're using the same approach. One of the reasons Cooper Cup looks so good is name. because Matthew's little Cooper Cup looks so good is because that everything he did was by the book. He followed the program. He was 100% dedicated to it. But that included ramping up his workload. What I liked is that he was out there in the joint practices. You saw him taking the contact. Those boxes have all been checked. But we still need to see how he responds in an actual uh, NFL meaningful game. And to that same point we made with Gurley, don't be surprised if his workload is somewhat controlled during this first outing. But as far as being worried about where he stands on his recovery, it's really not there. He's shown enough already that I feel very good about him this year. Good stuff there. We have all the Rams wide receivers, of course, ranked very high this week. Cooper Cup. Matthew Little Cooper Cup, Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks, and Robert Woods, all top 20 plays this week. Somebody's a little bit lower on Cup than Matthew and I are. Yeah, I, I have Cup as a top 13 play this week. You think about Carolina, which plays so much zone, right? And they also blitz a lot. And so Cup, who's kind of been a safety valve for Goff when he has been there, 
on the road where Goff has struggled somewhat. Yeah, give me some little Cooper Cup. I, I like him quite a bit on Sunday. Cam Newton had that foot sprain, or whatever you want to call it, in that third preseason game, Stefania, but seems to be trending towards no issues whatsoever on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, and the foot was really never a big deal. Regular season, he would have played through that. I think everyone's biggest concern was how would his shoulder be coming off this off-season surgery. His throwing motion looks entirely different now. Why? Because he has his full range of motion back in his shoulder. Cam Newton, off the injury report, I expect him to be Cam Newton, maybe even a better-looking Cam Newton on the field than he has been for the last couple of years. There we go. Good stuff there. Cam Newton, who we have all ranked as a top-10 play this week. So many ways to beat you for Cam. What's really interesting is these two young wide receivers, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, are two of the players that I'm most looking forward to watching this weekend. For each of these Panthers wide receivers, they rank inside our top 40. We all have DJ Moore ranked as a top-25 play. Curtis Samuel comes in ranked as 37th amongst the ESPN consensus ranks. He generated about as much buzz as I can remember a player in a training camp that we weren't super familiar with. It's one thing for, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes generate buzz is one thing. He's Patrick freaking Mahomes. But Curtis Samuel generated a lot of buzz. So, you know, our belief, we feel more comfortable starting DJ Moore than we do Curtis Samuel. And I said earlier, sometimes week one's about observing. I cannot wait to see these two players play. These are two of the most interesting... Is the hype real? Can a player of Curtis Samuel's stature and game type be an effective, reliable, huge part of the Panthers' passing game? If so, this offense has a chance to take it to the next level. I they, love I love Curtis Samuel. I haven't been shy about that. And I think that the injury issues he's dealt with um, in early in his career have been part of the limiting factor in his growth as a wide receiver. So, uh, I, like I said, I was at camp. I heard that buzz yeah. firsthand. Everybody was like, that was what the it guy. Like? Bzz, bzz, bzz. Thank you. That's all I wanted. So That's all I now, needed now I want to wa- now I want to watch and see if lot, we're still hearing less. Make sure we clip that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bzzz <laughs> surrounding Curtis Samuel. Eight or more targets in three of his last games to end 2018 for Curtis Samuel. Obviously, Devin, uh, Devin Funches has moved on. Yeah, I'm with Stefania here. So it's really interesting. I love DJ Moore. Like I, Between the two, I know there were people saying, hey, Curtis Samuel over DJ Moore. I still prefer DJ Moore as you do, Field, and you do, Stefania. But I think. I think the Panthers are going to be a really interesting team this year. You know, it's time to celebrate. How does that sound, Stefania? <laughs> That's a... Football is finally back! In DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football has huge week one contests. The first one started on Thursday night when the Bears and the Packers kicked off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. And now draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. This is simple. Just draft six players from a season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today at DraftKings.com slash FFF receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweats of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar play day. Kick off your season the right way and head to DraftKings.com slash FFF right now. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit of up to $500. Plus, New users who sign up at DraftKings.com slash FFF will get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's DraftKings.com slash FFF for all new and existing users to claim your special offer only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required and a deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. We move over to Monday Night Football. First game. Uh, sec- we already talked about the second one. Um, Texans go to New Orleans to play the Saints. Highest over-under of the weekend. And Matthew, the Texans had a weekend last weekend. It was something else. Traded about every single player. 
Earlier on this training camp, they acquired Duke Johnson, who makes your love list. The, the backfield in Houston, one, again, one of the more compelling things we're going to watch in week one. Can I, um, can I do a quick impression for you? Sure. I've got, you know, listen, I don't do a lot of impressions, but I'm just doing a quick one. I just, I have a Carlos Hyde impression. Okay. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Hey. <laughs> this is my fifth team in, in three years. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm Carlos Hyde. Which, which one of these is my playbook? Which one of these is the Texans which playbook? <laughs> there you go. My itinerary. Don't, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me, Mr. Johnson. I'll just be back here earning a paycheck. You are all in this weekend. Anyway, so yeah, Duke Johnson being the guy in Houston. I, exactly. Look, I, I, Carlos Hyde just got there. I'm not a, I'm not, as you know, not a huge Carlos Hyde fan at this point hadn't in his heard career. Yeah, hadn't heard that. And so Duke Johnson, I think, is going to get the majority of touches in a game that, to your point, is going to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. Remember, the Saints allowed over oh, over 4.7 running back targets to result in touchdowns. That's the sixth highest. We know Duke Johnson is a good pass catcher here. Kiki Cutie a little bit banged up. Um, and so my expectation is that Duke Johnson is a big part of this passing offense. And so, look, I mean, you know Hopkins is going to get his, and we'll talk about Fuller in a second here. But, yeah, I think in terms – give me a guy that's getting a heavy workload in a high-scoring game, in a high-scoring offense. I, yeah. High-scoring game here. also bodes well for Will Fuller, Matthew, who also makes your love list. Here's the good news. He's healthy, we yeah. think. Let me talk about that before you jump on the love list. Mean. Here's a guy, you know, young guy coming off an ACL reconstruction. And I just want you to think back to guys who were coming off ACLs last year. Sure. All, that first year, Doing Alan right Robinson, now. who we're talking about now and how good he looked last night. He struggled with some soft tissue injuries. Will Fuller has an injury history that makes me a little more concerned about him just for across the season coming off this ACL tear. And the other thing is, look at what he's done during training camp. He was still being limited in practice as of two weeks ago. There was a report he left practice early. There was some concern about a setback. And Bill O'Brien acknowledged it wasn't a setback. We're just controlling how much work he's doing in the preseason. Never played in a preseason game. So yep. I have him ranked significantly lower than you guys because, again, observation week one. But I don't think he's out there the entire game at his full workload, given that he hasn't even played yet. And he was still being limited in practice two weeks ago. I, Matthew could not agree any less. Yeah. Look, disagree more. I, no, look, I'm never going to argue with Stefania on injuries. Everything else is fair game. But right. on injuries, I would never argue with Stefania. What I will say, however, is that Will Fuller doesn't need to play every snap to be effective. He needs one play. He needs one play to be worth starting. I'm at wide receiver 26. I'm at wide receiver 3 this week again. It's a high-scoring game here. He's going against a Saints team that um, has allowed opponents to complete over 51% of deep passes, the second-highest rate in the NFL last year. Like They're going to take deep shots here, and they're obviously going to focus defensive attention on DeAndre Hopkins. I think what people forget about sort of the track meet, track meet nature of this game. Last year, when the Saints were at home, they allowed opposing wide receivers to average 48.4 fantasy points per game. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, we all know how great the Saints offense is at home, but other offenses do well at home as well because of the track meet nature of games that are played in the Superdome here. So I think it's a high-scoring game, just like Vegas does. I think they're going to have to throw. All Will Fuller needs is one or two plays, and they're going to take a couple of shots to him. So even if he plays half the snaps, Will Fuller is not the kind of player that needs tremendous volume to be a fantasy uh, 
a fantasy helper this week. And again, I'm as a wide receiver three, wide receiver 26 for me. From the what to, what to watch for department, we've got Latavius Murray, who, if he takes over the Mark Ingram role, which last year Ingram averaged 13.3 touches per game, then Latavius Murray is going to be a weekly staple of a lot of lineups. Not an RB2 necessarily, but a, a, a favorable flex play in a lot of leagues if he has a very Mark Ingram-like effect, and especially if he gets some of those goal line touches. Plus Jared Cook making his Saints debut. The Texans allowed a league-high 254 fantasy points to opposing tight ends last season. We've got him. We all have him ranked as a starter. It's not about whether we would start him or sit him. It's just, you know, Jared Cook has let you down in high leverage moments in the past. Yes, and then he he's been great. He was great last year in a time when nothing went right offensively for the Raiders. Jared Cook was a very effective player. One quick thing about Latavius Murray, however, I just want to want to say this. I believe he has that Mark Ingram role. I'm at running back 29. I think he's a viable flex play. Again, I think he gets into the end zone this week. It's a high-scoring game here. Remember, Jer- uh, he is one of only three players who have at least six rushing touchdowns in four straight seasons. The other two, Todd Gurley and the guy he replaced, Mark Ingram. I mean, Latavius Murray is a very good goal line back here. Last season, in the nine games in which Murray saw at least 10 touches, he averaged 12 fantasy points per game. You just mentioned Mark Ingram in this offense averaged 13 touches a game here. I don't think it's a stretch to think Latavius Murray could get 10 touches in this game and one of them a goal line plunge. Another pre, uh, another primetime game, I should say. The Patriots host the Steelers on Sunday night. Wow. Good for the, good for the Patriots getting a primetime game. Yeah, it's like, about time. Nice to see yeah. that. If, if they earned good it. for New England, you know? Like, plucky little team. Uh, the Patriots some pub. host the Steelers. And for the Steelers, the real question mark here is who is the number two wide receiver? For this week, we are ranking Dante Moncrief. Accordingly, Dante Moncrief checks in as a number 40, as the number 44 wide receiver on an ESPN ranks. None of us are advocating for him right now as a starter. But again, we, you're saying Dante Moncrief. And, and it, the, my instincts, I, I, James Washington could take over at some point, but for right now, right. I think it's Dante Moncrief. My instincts are that you are correct. But again, this is sort of like more of what we're watching than what we know. Right. Last night, again, not to make last night the story of today's podcast. You know who talks about Terry Cohn being a full-time wide receiver going into last night's game? Nobody. No one. Yeah. You know how many snaps played a running back last night? Zero. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not a running back anymore. So we learn a little bit during the preseason. We learn a lot right away during the regular season. The Steelers' number two wide receiver, if it becomes one guy, not if it becomes a split job, not if it goes right. Moncrief one week and then Washington the other, not if it's Moncrief for four and then Washington for eight, if it's one guy. Has, has potential massive fantasy relevance. So too does Vance McDonald, who, Matthew, you've loved him. You've been on the hype train throughout this preseason, despite the fact that their offensive coordinator says, no, 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 he's not going to be a full-time player. You're not buying it. We all have Vance McDonald ranked as a top 10 tight end this week. To be clear, I buy the fact that he's not going to be a full-time player. What I don't buy is that it matters. That, you know, this is a guy that was played about half the snaps last year and was a top 10 fantasy tight end. Now with Antonio Brown, now with Jesse James out, over 200 targets are available here. And let's say he increases his snaps from 50% of the snaps to 70% of the snaps. Yep. Like, there's just... He's going to get a big uptick in targets. And by the way, even if he, even if his snaps stay the same, even if he only plays 50% of the snaps, his target share during those 50% snaps, I think will go up significantly here. Remember last year, the Patriots averaged 11.7 yards per tight end reception. That was eighth highest. And they were ninth highest in terms of giving up a touchdown on tight end targets here. So I think with the, the, we always know Bill Belichick likes to, you know, cut the head off of the top and, and, and always likes to f- take away what he believes is the opponent's best weapon. So my guess is that they focus on Juju Smith Schuster. They'll focus on James Conner. 
I think Vance McDonald, again, I have him as my number seven tight end this week. I think he has a nice game against the Patriots. For the Patriots, big question mark, I think. I don't know if big question mark, but I think everybody's watching with beta breath what happened with Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, an unbelievable story in some ways. And I mean that like like inspiring, but also like unbelievable in like all yeah. the twists and turns. Like it's hard to keep up with everything uh, that has transpired during his career. Um, last year, when he played for the Patriots, he eventually kind of got up to speed and looked pretty effective. The big question, I think, coming out of the gates for Josh Gordon for me is two things. The guy got the training camp like two weeks ago. How much will he play for the Patriots? Is he an every down player? And if he is not an every down player, does he even need to be? to carry fantasy relevance. This week we have Josh Gordon ranked as a th- as the 30th ranked wide receiver. None of us higher than 27, none of us lower than 33. But so much talent, oozing with potential. Tom Brady, even if not a massive fantasy star right now, is a guy that still is Tom freaking Brady. He can get it done. 17.4 yards per catch for Josh Gordon's career. He had 18 yards per catch last season with the Patriots. He's a big play waiting to happen. I think the backfield's kind of interesting here, Matthew, for not, not because we don't know the names, but... You know, uh, I don't know if I, because the Patriots' backfield is always interesting. Well, it's always difficult to figure out. A right and B, Sony Michelle. Like if if there's like another ten to twenty percent of Sony Michelle, it's fantasy superstar. Oh sure, but 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 it could also go the other way, right? Like ten percent could be taken away by someone like Damian Harris, or well, hey, because Rex Burkhead get a couple of sniffs? And, right, right. Yeah. Goal line work continues to go to James Devlin and others. Yeah. that to me is interesting to note on Sunday night. Does he have any involvement in the passing game, and is he clearly? Clearly, the workhorse in this backfield. Yeah, for like I'm all in on Sony Michelle uh, uh, this year. You know the the draft I mentioned last night, right? Where I I started, I went wide, I went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. First three picks, right? Yeah. It was I uh, uh, I got uh, uh, Tyree Kill uh, and uh, Devonte Adams and uh, Brandon Cooks, just in case anyone was interested there. They're not. Um, no, I disagree. People are interested. <laughs> They're fascinated. Like, trust me. Um, anyway, good story. so good story. Good story. <laughs> So at any rate, the the point here is, um, uh, I believe so. Sony Michelle's my number one running back on that team. Like, and I actually feel decent about that. You know, again, given how wide receiver heavy I went to start last four games for Sony Michelle, where he got fifteen or more carries, and this includes the playoffs, twenty two point three fantasy points per game, seven rushing touchdowns in four games. I, I mean, again, I mean, like Sony Michelle was like. You know, one of one of the Super Bowl heroes, I think, and one of the one of the playoff heroes, certainly for the Patriots last year. And then don't forget it. We're hearing reports of in practice that they were involving him somewhat in the passing game as well. Look, this is a team that last year was top five in the NFL and actually over the last three years has been top three in the NFL in terms of goal to go rushes. When they get in close, they like to run. And I believe when they get in close, they're going to give it to Sonny Michelle. I think he gets into the end zone on Sunday night. As long as his knee holds up, this is a guy who had yet another surgery. He's on got that two of them, knee. Stefania. So, okay. uh, you know, he's yeah, got a, you he's got a knee to spare. There you have it. Did math on in my one head knee. like that. I know he's a patriot, but you still need two knees. All right, keep an eye on Sony Michelle's knees. Someone look that up. Thirsty Kyle, look that up if you actually need two (laughs) knees. Someone do some research. Uh, 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFL, go to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Of course, what was this? is this hot suck up game to Steppy on Sunday. Friday? That's right. It's supposed to be uh, blistering hot, I believe, on Sunday oh. in Facts. Tampa Bay. Uh, for the 49ers, I think the question marks are here. Is that they've got two good running <laughs> the backs. The entire now. team. Yeah, well, that's true. But seriously, Matthew, I think the backfield is something that we're really yeah. interested in. It's streamlined a bit, right? It's just two guys. It's not four like last right. year. It's Tevin Coleman. It's Matt Breida. And, in your case, Matthew, you, you're not even saying choose between them. You're saying just choose both this weekend. You've got both in the love list. 
I, both guys make the love list. I mean, again, understand that the love and hate list is all about our ESPN projections. Mike Clay does great projections. So it's a little bit in some ways me versus Mike Clay and we love Mike, but so he does a great job. So it's, it's, it's me Speak finding areas where, um, <laughs> it's me finding areas where I think he is either too high or too low. Uh, he does a great job. I legitimately think he has the best projections in the entire fantasy industry here. So it's again, I'm taking Tevin Coleman to go over his projection of 12.1, Matt Breida to go over his projection of 10.2. I have, uh, I have Breida as, uh, running back 31, Tevin Coleman running back 24, higher than the consensus ranks on both guys. But basically, right, I have Coleman and Breida both as flex plays here. Again, Buccaneers allowed 19 rushing touchdowns last year. That was tied for third most. They allowed the ninth most rushing yards. It's it's a game that sneakily has one of the top five over-unders uh, of the week, an over-under of 50. Like, you've got two decent offenses, certainly two very creative offensive minds calling the plays in this game, and two bad defenses. So, yeah, to the fact that it's both those guys and both guys will be involved in the passing game as well, yeah, I think Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, with Coleman over Breida right now, are both viable flex plays on Sunday. Dante Pettis-Stefania is an injury, maybe not so much question mark anymore, because I believe his participation was upgraded yesterday. Yes, upgraded to Falk. He's listed on the injury report with a groin injury. Dante Pettis catching a lot of flack in the preseason. I think people were wondering what's going to happen with him. Kyle Shanahan, very hard on him. But it's all because he knows the talent that Dante Pettis has and just wants to see him prove it on the field. He is, he is going to play. There's not a concern here about his availability. Yeah, Secret scroll, is that why you're hard on me? Because you, you know I have talent, but I just need to prove it on that's the mic. That's what it is. I just have to, I just have to pull it out, you know, unearth it from you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just tough to get so through all that jelly hidden. and yeah. everything. It really it's really got to dig deep. It's, it's, there's a lot. It it's legitimately really did feel like one of those investments, though. It's like we believe enough right. in Dante Pettis that we're going to give him some of that tough, tough love, love. Yeah. Yeah. to help they him earn it. Um, Stefania is the only one that has him ranked as anything other than a wide receiver for Matthew and and a bit more in wait and see mo for Dante Pettis. Uh, great matchup though. The Buccaneers stink defensively. Yeah. Um, and and worth a guy that like if I don't think he has 100% roster ship. Dante Pettis like I've seen some leagues where he didn't get drafted like later as kind of the bad news again in 10 team leagues like yeah. I, I I think if you were I, I mean I'm you know I'm a, I'm sort of semi obsessed with Debo Samuel but uh I, I do think Dante Pettis is going to wind up being a value this year for fantasy because he ended up going so late in drafts. And like I said, I think in some shallow leagues, I saw him not being drafted. So, um, But we are in wait-and-see mode for Sunday. We agree. So if you watched last night's game, which you did, think of what the opposite will probably look like, and that'll be this game because the Come Buccaneers down. and the 49ers both stink on defense. And along those lines... One of our IBM Watson insights of the week is Jameis Winston, who makes the love list. And what does Watson say about Winston Kyle Sapi? Watson says Winston has twice as good a shot to boom this week than to bust. A boom game would mean 25 or more points. What do you guys say? I, well, first off, what I would say is like the next time you do that, next week when you do that, I want you to go boom. Only if it's that. a boom. How do you do bust? There's a... There's a that's bust. That's, that's bust. bust. I think. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. That's a, that, oh, like that could that. be that. There you go. So do that for the bust, and then. <laughs> I like that. We can okay. we can make this happen. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. There you go. So all right. So I agree with Watson here. Obviously, I made Jameis Winston a love this week. I have him as a top five play. Think about the 49ers who allowed the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks last year. But here's the thing <sighs> about Jameis Winston, right? What's his bugaboo? What's his what's his Achilles heel <laughs> from fantasy interceptions? Right, it's turnovers. Yet the 49ers 
can't just two make inter- a turnover. They can't. They, they can't. Right. You can try yeah, to hand it to Jimmy Ward's hurt again, so yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, we're, and, we're even more desperate. You know, and, I get and it. We've, reports out of camp are that Richard Sherman has kind of lost a step as well. And so, I anyway, I just think this is a team that doesn't really turn the ball over. I don't know that they're going to get that much pressure. We'll see. Hopefully Nick, Nick Bosa, Bosa adds. Nick Maybe Bosa, Nick Bosa helps yep. a little Nick bit. Nick Bosa and D Ford, I'm hoping for a turnover. Yeah, Tom's of course. Like. 100%. Uh, but uh, but Winston is regardless of whether how pretty it looks, they're gonna throw. They're gonna throw a lot. I think they have success because again, the 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 Tampa Bay quarterback last year was a very fantasy friendly position, whether it was Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston. Well, there's no Fitzpatrick to there's come no in. More of a like yeah. uh, Bruce Arians is all in on Jameis Winston, so Winston isn't coming out of this game, and uh, they can't play defense. They can't run the ball, and they've got a great matchup here with a 49ers team. So they're gonna be throwing and throwing a ton to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin and OJ Howard, really talented pass catchers. You know that hands up emoji people use a lot? Mm-hmm. That would be how I feel about Chris Godwin this week. Chris <laughs> Godwin. Obviously, Mike Evans the same way, but hands up emoji for yeah. you, Chris yeah, Godwin. Yeah, when doesn't it have it has little sprinkles? Hey, a remi- yeah. we're going to go to break in just a second. But a reminder, there are now 14 tickets left at Rams Head Live. Only 14. 14. Down 14 to like the action. tickets left. Less than two weeks until we see you there in Baltimore. In the meantime, we will be right back. Fantasy, you're in the Keep things rolling here in Los Angeles where the Colts go to play the Chargers. Over under here is 44. Go Chargers, go. Go Chargers, go. Go Chargers, go. When they play a football match. In a football, or a football match, football game, football game in a football, football stadium. Football That's what stadium. I was looking for stadium, there. Yeah. Um, everything gotcha. in Indianapolis kind of hinges upon Jacoby Brissett, Matthew. So I could ask you, what does it mean for Marlon Mack or T.Y. Hilton or Jack Doyle? But let's just sort of do it in aggregate. Jacoby Brissett does what for your outlook in week one? Maybe I should put it differently. No Andrew Luck means what for Marlon Mack at all? Yeah, I'm concerned about this, but here's what's weird. Overall, I am pro Jacoby Brissett. Like okay. I, I believe he will be better than people think. I think the Colts will be better than people think. Um, so I am pro Jacoby Brissett, but I am also pro the Chargers defense. Like they're really good. And so in a game in which the Chargers are favored by almost a touchdown, you have to be a little bit concerned about Marlon Mack because you think about last year when the Colts were leading, Mack played, you know, 1.66 snaps for every one that Naheem Hines played. When trailing last year, Naheem's Hine played 2.45 snaps to everyone Mack played. Just a bunch of numbers that tell you what you sort of know. When they were trailing, Naheem Hines, the passing down back, was in there more often than Marlon Mack. And so in a game, again, when the Chargers are a seven-point favorite at home, you have to be a little bit concerned to do the Colts get down in this game a little bit here. I have Marlon Mack as running back 25, more of a flex play here. I will say... Great offensive line in Indianapolis. They probably lean on Mac a little bit more because of Jabrissette. And, um, you know, I think that if, if they score a rushing touchdown, it's most likely going to be Marlon Mack. T.Y. Hilton also makes your hate list this week, Matthew. His projection is 12.8 points. You're a little, even less optimistic than that. Well, again, so it's still the connection with Jacoby Brissett, right? T.Y. Hilton has been, throughout his career, has traditionally been worse when he's outside, when he's not on the turf. And then you think about a shadow. He's Casey Hayward's going to shadow him. And so, you know, 
Casey Hayward's, you know, a very good corner as well. Chargers last year tied for the fifth best red zone defense last season. They allowed just six deep touchdown passes last year. That was tied for third fewest in the NFL. They were top 10 in terms of deep completions allowed. Like, it's a very good defense. It's a very good defense and secondary against deep passes. Hilton, so yeah, Hilton is wide receiver 23 for me. I have him as a wide receiver three this week outside my top 20. And it's one of the other reasons why I'm down on Eric Ebron as well. Again, like very good red zone defense. He needs to be, he's touchdown dependent for his fantasy value here. And if you go back to 2017 when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback, Jack Doyle was the guy that he had a connection with. Obviously, Ebron wasn't on the Colts at that time, but Jack Doyle actually tied with T.Y. Hilton for target share on the Colts. I actually have Jack Doyle one spot ahead of Ebron, both outside my top 10 this week, but I do think if you have to pick a Colts tight end, I prefer Doyle to Ebron on Sunday. You're also having to choose between Chargers running backs, but maybe not. Austin Eckler seems to have emerged as the clear-cut number one back in Los Angeles our expectations this week, do you think that Austin Eckler shows himself to be not just the guy, but the unquestioned guy that Justin Jackson is sort of nothing more than a handcuff after week one? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think it's going to be more of, more of a split, but I think in this particular game, Eckler certainly the better play. You think about the Colts and their defense and their sort of their philosophy there. Last year, they gave up the second most receptions to opposing running backs. Like, they allow that. And especially, you think about this offensive line, which was already bad. Russell Okung not going to play. He's banged up. So, a bad offensive line getting worse as well. So, the Colts, which, listen, no one, Andrew Luck didn't retire from the Colts defense. Like, it's a very good defense. Sure, it's an good underrated defense, yeah. defense in Indianapolis. And so, I think they're going to get after it. You know, Philip Rivers not the most mobile guy in the world. So, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball that effectively on the Colts. So what is it going to be? It's going to be a lot of quick dump-offs, especially because I believe Colts are going to be able to get pressure on Los Angeles. So dump-offs to Eckler, and obviously close to the line of scrimmage. So it's Keenan Allen, it's Hunter Henry. It's one of the reasons why I'm down on Mike Williams this week. Yeah, he sort of feels like he is kind of of the Eric Ebron school as well, right? Very touchdown-dependent, not as much involvement in the short passing game, more of a vertical passing game threat. You have him ranked, if I see it correctly, as wide receiver 35. I'm even further down. I have him at wide receiver 38, Matthew. You're a smart man. Well, he made my hate list. If you did your own hate list, sounds like he would make it as well. I do a prefer slash don't prefer list. I've been right. working on it for quite some time I like now. Workshopping that, I yeah, like. I've been it. working but, on that for quite some yes, time. But uh, we are on the same page there with Mike Williams and sort of how we see this game playing out. The Bengals go to Seattle to play the Seahawks. To me, this feels like the potential for a blowout this weekend. If I were doing an eliminator challenge pick, this would be my pick this weekend: the Seahawks over the Bengals, which means the Bengals will probably win. Tyler Boyd showed last year, Matthew, that like just because AJ Green sits, it doesn't mean he gets more involved. We Correct. saw it actually, maybe even hurts his value a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's going to be more defensive attention here. Having said this, I mean, the Bengals are almost a 10-point underdog to the Seahawks. They're yeah. going to have to be throwing here. And so Tyler Boyd, who last year never went more than two consecutive games without scoring a touchdown, and from weeks t- 2 through 15 was the 11th best wide receiver in fantasy, like, I think he'll be, I think volume will make up for the lack of efficiency here. Like I, I, I don't think the Bengals will have a particularly good offense, but given how banged up their offensive line is, and you figure the Seahawks will focus on stopping Joe Mixon again, I just think I think volume for Tyler Boyd here. I have him lower than I normally would, but uh, he comes in as wide receiver nineteen for me, wide receiver twenty for you. Stefania has him at eighteen, so we all have him as kind of a low end wide receiver too this week. Uh, so the Seahawks does, does this mean like really good things for Russell Wilson? He comes in the consensus rank is number eight. I've got him at ten. You've got him at twelve. Stefania has him at ten as well. Matthew, I don't know, man. Like 
Uh, it feels like at the end of the year, he always finds a way to the top 10, yes, but it often comes with a slow start. Is a slow start on the horizon again for Russell Wilson. To your point, 2015. So here's his, his last four week ones. Okay. Okay. Where he finished in week one. In 2015, he was QB 15. 2016, QB 24. 2017, QB 24. 2018, QB 9. Since 2015, his average week one QB finish was QB 18. So the best he's ever done, and it was last year, was QB 9, um, which is weird, though, because last year was like pretty much the worst fantasy season of his career in recent memory. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a slow start because two reasons. Number one is I don't think he needs to have a huge game. Like, I think they win, right? They're, they're 10 point favorites, basically, nine and a half point favorites here. So I think it's a big Chris Carson game. I think you see some Rashad Penny as well. Like, you know, Russell Wilson probably not going to need to run that much as well. You're going to need that to get him up there because there's so many great quarterback matchups this week. Love Chris Carson. Love Tyler Lockett. We may see DK Metcalf, by the way, Stefania. This guy uh, has got some superhero powers. And I'm, I'm not talking about his muscles. They work fast recovery as well. Well, you know, the beauty of being young. You know, he's coming off a, a knee surgery that they called minor, but you never know until a guy comes back. He told our Brady Henderson, who covers the Seahawks for us, that he felt nearly 100%, and it's less than three weeks since he underwent that procedure. I still take that with a grain of salt. You know, doesn't necessarily mean he's full go in a game situation, but it sounds like he might be available, whereas a couple weeks ago we thought maybe he wouldn't be. I can't imagine starting a pass it's catcher on the se- It's, it's yeah. Tyler Lockett. Observation. It's Tyler Lockett and then see. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're you're playing in a you know a, a DFS tournament. You want to take a shot on Jerron Brown. I get it. but Got to make sure Jerron Brown limited with the toe injury. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's not. 80 guys you could make that. Yeah. There's right. tons. That's what a tournament is, right? You're yeah. finding value and no one else is. Jazz Ferguson, baby. Uh, that's right. Future. <laughs> one of the best uh, names in, 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 in the NFL. I right? agree with that. I love Jazz Ferguson as a name. Sure. Uh, future 12 and 4 and Super Bowl champion Detroit Lions go to Arizona to play the Cardinals this weekend. It is the debut of Kyler Murray, but it's also the debut. We got to get Daniel to stop writing your scripts for you. No, I know. I, I'm serious. They're my pick. Uh, carry on Johnson. Not actually my pick. Uh, carry on Johnson, uh, has a chance to be this, I think the, a breakout star this year. Um, right now there's, you meant the, I wrote the breakout star in the, the note. breakout Sorry, star. Excuse me. Um, are we going to see it though? That's really the question mark here. We all have him as a top 20 play this week. As a matter of fact, he's a consensus top 15 play for carry on Johnson. The question is merely this is, can he take it to the next level? And, 20, 25 touches and become just an absolute workhorse for this Detroit offense. If ever there was a game, it should be this. The Lions are favored. The Cardinals had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year. Theo Riddick is out. And his only real competition, C.J. Anderson, right. Ty, Ty Johnson. Johnson yep. Right. So if ever there was a game, if ever there was an opportunity here, it's it's now. But that's the question. Like, it doesn't feel like in the preseason, Secret Squirrel, and you should weigh in here as our hardcore Detroit Lions fan, it didn't seem like in the preseason they they were willing to commit to carry on Johnson even with just the first team and limited reps. I felt that felt more like and based on reading a lot of what we saw from the local media that they just wanted to make sure that he was healthy coming into the year. They have a lot of expectations for him to be the guy this year. And so I think part of it was they wanted to see what they had in Ty Johnson because they're trying to make a roster decision between him and Zach Zenner. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But of course, everyone in Detroit is waiting with bated breath because it's like, is this guy going to be the guy to get the running track on the running game on track in Detroit? He's got that talent. The question is just when they get to the goal line, is it CJ Anderson or is it him? Do they bring in CJ Anderson? Like, is it like a? That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And, and that's that's my, and that's my fear. I asked her. I gave her a look. I gave her a look. Like, why oh, is that what it was? Yeah, sure. And, you know, 
one of the things here is, I mean, it, we may get into a free carry on Johnson situation, but I mean, again, going back to last night, everyone, and I was on this train as well, it's going to be the David Montgomery show. And it wasn't. Mike Davis got almost as much run as David Montgomery last night. So Even more. He played I mean, like many more snaps yeah, than yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, I'm in I, on Carry on Johnson. I'll I mean, say that. I, I feel much more comfortable with Carry on Johnson than I did David, uh, David Montgomery going into last the, night. The, I, I certainly had him ranked higher, uh, as of Thursday, but, um, going into the game, and we've pulled the Chicago and Packers players from our ranks, but, Yes. Does he have the talent and the opportunity? He does. He, does he have the talent and the matchup? Yes. Will he be given the opportunity? That's the big question here. But again, we all have him as a starter. If you have on Johnson, you're starting him. All right, here we go. Uh, Daily Fantasy. If you're playing Daily Fantasy this weekend, then this is a great weekend to crank up your Lions wide receivers. I introduced the pod to potential for a bit, so I'm going to play it right now with Matthew. Okay, Matthew, I'm going to name a, I'm going to name a player. Yeah. <laughs> is it a Detroit Lions? I'm sorry, a Arizona Cardinal, um, cornerback? Or is it a totally arbitrary name that I just made up right now? You ready <laughs> yeah, for this? Sure. Chris Jones. That's a made-up name. Okay, he's starting for the cornerback. Starting. <laughs> for the cornerback. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Austin Burbridge. Also made-up name. That one's made up. You're right. Yeah. Um, crank up your Lions wide receivers this week. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is a player that you feel comfortable most weeks. But Marvin Jones slides into flex consideration given the incredibly favorable matchup that he has against that Arizona defensive Patrick backfield. Peterson, obviously, not going to play in this game. Like It's it's guys off the Robert street. Alford's on the yeah, IR yeah. list for at least eight games. But the other side of this is Kyler Murray, the debut, perhaps the story of the weekend in the NFL. Kyler Murray making his home debut. And not only does he make his home debut, he makes a debut on the love list on Matthew Barry's column. That's right. I understand. Look, he has not looked good in the preseason, right? It's well, been a very mixed. Right. The first game, like he, he looked good and then it's, but they were running an extremely vanilla basic offense there. I think they're going to, Unleash a lot of stuff here. Again, I sort of go back to 2011, right? Cam Newton looked completely lost in the preseason. People going, what did the Panthers do? Completely wasted number one pick here. His first week, I believe, was actually against Arizona, too. Uh, 30.7 fantasy points. He was the third best quarterback in fantasy. He had eight carries for 18 yards and a touchdown in this one. I think Kyler Murray has big rushing numbers here. I think... Look, we just talked about how excited we are for the Lions offense to get to face this Cardinals defense, which means they're going to have to throw even more and catch up. I think this has sneaky shootout potential in the desert as well. I have Kyler Murray as a top 10 play this week. I think he beats his projection of 17.9 points. He made the love list. Give me all the Kyler Murray this weekend. Shoot your shot. Stefania, tell us about sleep number. I will, Field. When was the last time you really slept great? Not last night. <laughs> Isn't it strange that we'll try just about anything to sleep better when it actually could be time for a new mattress? If you aren't getting the quality sleep you deserve. Right now at Sleep Number Stores, it's the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale and queen mattresses start at only $899. Wish your mattress could be firmer or softer? That's what the Sleep Number bed is famous for. You can adjust each side so it's just right for both of you. How about a bed that helps keep you asleep? The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you're effortlessly comfortable all night. Will you love it? Just ask J.D. Power. Sleep Number has been ranked number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses. For 2018 award information, visit jdpower.com. Come in during the biggest sale of the year and for a limited time, save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you at Sleep Number. 
Good stuff there. Let's get now to the game that many are also waiting for. The Browns, the first time with Baker and Odell and Jarvis Landry and everybody else. They host the Titans on Sunday. Derrick Henry has been a player that sort of has been like, eh, all preseason. Matthew, he also makes the hate list going into week one. Yeah, look, I think he's he's made the hate list all preseason as well. Yep. I, I, I feel very nervous about basically him being anointed as this top 15 running back based on four games. Sure. Based on four games. Right, right, right. I, mean, I agree. So, I mean, look, the Browns are favored by five and a half points in this game here. Last year in games in which the Titans lost, and again, they are, they are favor, you know, Vegas has them losing this game. Uh, the Browns are favored in games in which the Titans lost last year. Derrick Henry averaged seven fantasy points. Yeah. It was ugly. Seven. Yep. Right. And, and so Tennessee, who ranked dead last, last year in yards per carry before first contact, their offensive line, uh, has has struggled here. The Browns have a very good defense as well. They have a good defensive line. Look, Derrick Henry in the 16 games, pri- he had that crazy breakout weeks 14 to 17, right? In the g- 16 games prior to that, he averaged under 3.5 yards per carry. You guys know I'm not a Marcus Mariota fan. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. I think Cleveland's going to come out fired up. So much hype. It's a it's a good defensive line here. I want no part of Derrick Henry this week. Again, the, his his projection is 13.8 points. He made the hate list. I'm taking the under on that. I'm at running back 35 this week. So let's give you, I guess, a glimmer of positive news on the Titans front, Stefania. They do have Delaney Walker back, and he is healthy going into this week. They do. They have Delaney Walker. He's not even on the injury report. This after a really difficult injury. He had a dislocated ankle, fracture, ligament damage, and some thought it might be the end of his career, but not Delaney Walker. Worked really hard, came back, and... He looks good. I mean, this uh, this is a guy who's been so durable up until this injury and the type of recovery he's made and how hard he's worked to get back. We know that he is a favorite outlet target for Marcus Mariota, and I don't think that role changes. Steady as it comes. How about Odell Beckham Jr., though, Stefania? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was a late injury ad, but it was maybe uh, somewhat unforeseen up until yesterday. Well, Hips don't if, lie. If, 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 I think the thing is, if you watch like during the preseason, he's been nursing this quad issue off and on again. Now it's listed as his hip. Not sure if it's really associated with with this or or not, but he wasn't on the injury report Wednesday, like you said. Then he gets added on Thursday. But if you look at Odell's history, that's kind of how it's been, that sometimes he would appear on the injury report, he'd complain about something. I mean, he's pretty verbal about the things that are nagging at him. So he can have that and still come out and have a great game. He's already indicated that he's going to play. I don't expect it to really be a limiting factor in the game, but it's a thing that comes with Odell Beckham Jr. is there is an injury risk that he carries that's been there his entire career. Listen, you're playing yeah, him on Sunday, but just good to file away in case right. it flares up. And obviously, like, don't be caught off guard if you have if you hear more about this over the next couple of days. But his teammate, way, I like you know a, a lot of people say you know what Barry, you got nothing in common with Odell Beckham Jr. But verbal about things that are nagging him. Me and Odell. Also, <laughs> that's, baby. Me and also, Odell. both of you have bad hips. That's true. You know what I mean. We both have bad hips. That's right. Uh, I'm in, I'm more Shakira, interested Shakira. in I, I like Jarvis Landry more than Matthew does this week. I think so. I've got Jarvis Landry at 21. Matthew has him at 33 this weekend. Yeah. Matthew, tell me why you're wrong about Jarvis Landry. So I'm actually not wrong. <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Yes, sir. Would you say that averaging five catches per game is good, bad, or average? I think it's good. Yeah, the fewest catches Jarvis Landry's ever had in a season sure. is 81. That's over five catches per yeah. game. I just think the value here, the floor. Now, I understand that, yes, you add Odell. 
that is a person that takes away some of the targets that go to Jarvis Landry, but it's counterbalanced by the fact that like you've got all of this attention being paid to Odell Beckham Jr. I think Jarvis Landry is going to absolutely dominate targets in the short intermediate passing game for Cleveland. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Odell has 150 and Jarvis has 125. Maybe I you know what's interesting is I'm still not convinced the Browns are going to be that voluminous in terms of their passing attack. Ooh, I, I mean, I think they word. want to. I think, listen, I, listen, I love Baker Mayfield, but I don't think they're going to be one of the, you know, when you look at a year from now, who led the league in passing attempts. I don't think Baker Mayfield's in the top 10, right? Mm. I think they're going to be like kind of middle of the pack because they want to run. They're going to run effectively with Nick, Nick Chubb here. Again, they're five and a half point favorites here. So I don't think he has to air it out here. Remember last year, once Freddie Kitchens took over prior to, prior to week eight, through the first eight weeks of the season, Jarvis Landry, a 52% red zone target share. After Freddie Kitchens took over in week nine, just 14.3%. And that was before Odell Beckham Jr. got there. And so, I mean, you've got Njoku there. Rashad Higgins, who's had a very nice connection with Baker Mayfield there. I think Rashad Higgins gets more love than people think, by the way. That's a guy that I bet you is on your waiver wire column next week. Rashad Higgins and an interesting DFS play this week. So my concern on Jarvis Landry, and one of the reasons I was down on him coming into the season is He's always been a volume guy, and he needs to score to have fantasy value. I don't think he scores in this offense. I think you will be surprised by this one for Jarvis Landry come Sunday afternoon. You have let's let's uh, let's do a board bet. You have I him. Say, we have him. Okay, so you have him at twenty one. I'm at thirty three. I say Jarvis Landry finishes the season. Uh, finishes week one as a t- top twenty seven wide receiver. I don't think that that's a is it is it like 25 26 what's 21, the difference 31 33 so you yeah. divide 12 by 2 is 6 you add six <laughs> I was to told there'd be no math yeah. all right you're right that's fine I say Jarvis Landry will not be a top 27 wide receiver put it on the board put it on the board put it on the board that was we're so awful terrible I was sitting there doing you the math. Be Let's fine. do it one more time. No, you should I be say, fine. I say Jarvis Landry will not be a top 27 wide receiver in week one. I say Jarvis Landry will be a top 27 wide receiver in week one. Put it Put on, on the board. Put it on the board. Where am I? And oh what have God. you done with right, my let's keep rolling here. Mitch Trubisky a podcast wow. right now. Wow. Pot calling the kettle black right there. I'm just saying, all of us, we're out of week one. We're out of sync. Right. Things along here. The Ravens go to Miami to play the Dolphins. Matthew Lamar Jackson makes your love list this week. Another player that has a lot of intrigue this season, a potential breakout star at quarterback. Just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's not true. So, look, the Dolphins are not going to be good. The Dolphins are full-on hashtag tanking for Tua. They really are. And so Lamar Jackson, who has a a projection of 18.9 points, I am taking the over on this. Look, last year the Dolphins played four games. This is a defense that hasn't improved very much. The Dolphins played four games last year against a quarterback that ranked top five in rushing yards uh, at the position. Josh Allen twice, Mitch Trubisky, and Deshaun Watson. They were the five, they were the four highest scoring quarterback games against Miami all season. They averaged 31 fantasy points per game, 31.9 to be exact. Remember Lamar Jackson, the only player, literally the only player in fantasy to score at least 15 fantasy points in each of the final seven weeks of the 2018 regular season. They're going to be up. They're going to be running. I want to see what this new offense looks like here. So because of the floor and because we're, you know, we're, we're still getting used to Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown and let's see what this passing attack is. I think they're going to be up. They're going to be running a lot. So give me all the Lamar Jackson this week. And it's the same reason why Mark Ingram makes the love list as well. I, they're, they're, um, they're, 
touchdown favorites, and I, I think it's more than that. Right, it could be more than that. This one could get ugly quickly. I will say this. Brian Flores said that Kenyon Drake is expected to have a productive workload for them this sure. weekend. This is sort of one of the lone survivors amongst all of the veterans. <laughs> Matthew, you've got him as a hate this week. I don't blame you. We all have him as like... Is Kenyon Drake Mark Wahlberg? Is that what you're telling me? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's ranked... 30th in the consensus ranks. None of us have him higher than 29. I've got him as low as 33. Generally speaking, I would like to avoid the Dolphins this year in fantasy football. Second best defense <laughs> against fantasy running backs last year. The Ravens defense were third best, third fewest yards per carry allowed last season as well. The Ravens are a great defense to play this week, obviously, in sure. fantasy. And I'm not convinced. I'll just say this. If they get down big like we think... I'm not convinced Kenyon Drake is, quote, the passing down back. Again, Kalen Balazs is a pretty good pass catcher. At least he was yeah, at Arizona State. We disagree on that. I understand. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, definitely a very good pass catcher. No, no, no. Back. I, no, no, no. That's, that's not where we, we disagree on. I 100% agree that Kenyon Drake is a very good pass catcher. I'm saying I don't know that he's going to play that role for the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like they may, if they get down, they may have Kalen Balazs on third down. Like Drake may be used first and second down. We'll see how it plays out. We don't really know. We don't have a great feel for this backfield yet. Um, I agree. Kenya Drake's a very good pass catcher. It's just, will they use him that way? Because Balage is also a good pass catcher. I don't think he's as good as Drake, but it'd be interesting. All I'm saying is I don't think we've defined those roles yet. We haven't seen how Miami wants to define their running back roles yet. Bills and Jets play in New Jersey this weekend for the Bills. All eyes are on Devin Singletary in the backfield. How much of a role does he take versus that of Frank Gore? It sure sounds like Frank Gore is going to have a pretty prominent role coming out of the gates for the Buffalo Bills. You wonder how much that changed based off game flow or just based off of how impressive Devin Singletary has been for the Bills during this preseason. I just need to point this out real quickly. So you have Frank Gore at running back 41. Fine. I have, like, it's a tough matchup, right? I have Frank Gore at running back 43. Again, same thing, right? We both think he's a running back five, you know, you know, the, the lesser end of a split here. It's a tough right, matchup. I know you're going with this. But Stefania Bell. <laughs> Stefania Bell, who has defended Frank Gore day in, day out, like talks 15? about he came from the U. <laughs> 18, oh, 15, she loves 19? him. Yeah, I mean, you'd think if 20? anyone, 45. The lowest ESPN ranker on Frank Gore is Stefania Bell. I just want to put She's that out there. She's I just want girl. everyone to know that who hates Frank Gore the most this week? No. It's Stefania Bell. You know what just it is? put, please let everyone know, let everyone understand that Stefania Bell, I don't know why she hates Frank Gore so much, but she truly does with a fiery passion. <laughs> she thought it was asking how old he was, not what his ranking <laughs> oh, should be. Maybe. Yeah. That might have been that good. Was good anyway, I very do, good. I do. Why do you hate Frank Gore so much? What but happens to Stefania? Rank him two points lower I'm than you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If there's, <laughs> no, there's, look, no, there's never been a I'm more a big ardent Frank under, Gore defender than you. That's right. And now you've turned on him. I have not turned on In him. In the twilight of his career. Under promise, over deliver. That's my motto. You should try that sometime. <laughs> All right, let's keep things going here with the Jets and the Bills. Uh, we'll keep an eye on how this Buffalo Bills uh, running back group shakes out. And also just... If anybody emerges as the number one pass catcher in Buffalo, is it John Brown? Is it Cole Beasley? Right. Now. Just just stick aside. None of us think, look, this is one of the lowest over-unders of the thing, uh, of the, of the, uh, of the week. <laughs> one of the lowest over-unders of the week. And so as a result, uh, none of us are recommending Singletary or Gore as anything other than like a, you know, sort of a deeper league play. Uh, Le'Veon Bell hasn't played in some 500 days. Matthew, he makes your hate 587. 587. It has been 587 days. days. And he resumes his spot right here on the hate list for you this week. Well, partially it's that. 587 days. And I believe the last action he had was five carries in the Pro Bowl in 28, in January of 2018. 
So, I mean, like 587 days. He should be fresh then. Right. I mean, this is a guy like we we did a thing on the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. I'm a company man. New episode drops today, by the way. Yes, correct. Uh, And um, is by the way, is 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 good dop, bad dop in this one? I believe it is. Yeah. (laughs) So Daniel Dop in in a tour de force. Good dop, bad dop. That's why I love it already. I haven't even seen it. Yes, it's um. It is all sorts of ridiculousness. Anyway, uh, but we talked about Le'Veon Bell on the fantasy show, and, and one of the things is is that this is a guy that has started slow. I mean, you remember I, it was it was 2017, right? Uh, 2017, where he missed basically all of the preseason, and is he? Uh, I think he was running back 15 in week one. Like again, he's a guy that sort of starts a little bit slow here, and so now you get a, a situation where he hasn't played in 587 days. It's a tough matchup against the Bills. The Bills have a good defense. And by the way, there's been reports, including our own Rich Semini, who does a great job covering the Jets for us, talk about the fact they want Ty Montgomery to be involved here, that they think they're going to try to ease Le'Veon Bell in. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a running back by committee here. Ty Montgomery actually made my others receiving votes because I think he's going to be dirt cheap in DFS. And if you're in like a super deep league, like in my vampire league, where I'm in a 12 team vampire league, where I had to pick from all the guys they're going to draft it. I'm starting Ty Montgomery this week. Cause I mean, like he's going to get some touches. Like there's no one left on the waiver wire. I have to work my way back. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why Le'Veon Bell, who has a projection of 16.4 points. I'm taking the under. Uh, the Chiefs go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Great matchup here in terms of strength on strength, offense versus defense. But for Kansas City, really the question here is just the backfield. That's what you're wondering here. How much of it is Damian Williams? How much of it is LaShawn McCoy? Expectations. I don't, but, uh, spoiler McCoy. spoiler McCoy, it is. Yeah. That, I think, and again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here. I don't, I don't personally feel comfortable right now saying to you, you know something? Here's what's going to happen on yeah, Sunday. I agree. This is how the backfield is going to shake out. Uh, here's how I have him ranked. This is just for people's reference. I have Damian Williams ranked at 22. His consensus rank is 26. I've got LaShawn McCoy at 41. His consensus rank is 44. I'm, hands up. I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. By here. the way, th- this is as much grief as I give Stefania about her Frank Gore ranking. So you have LaShawn McCoy at 41. I'm at 34. Like, how did that happen? How am I the highest on the spoiler McCoy? Like, what the hell? What well, happened to me? Thing. Good I'm things so can upset. Happen. Good things can happen in the Kansas City Chief offense. That's 100%. 100% there. But I would just say this. Remember, there was one game last year where Patrick Mahomes did not account for a touchdown. One. He had 50 <laughs> in 15 games. He had zero against the Jaguars. Excellent defense. I'm not saying I would avoid the Jaguars, uh, the, the Chiefs uh, offense, obviously, but... If I had to pick a running back, if for some reason you either rostered, you know, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy because you drafted after the the news right. of LaShawn McCoy signing in Kansas City, I would prefer Damian Williams out of the gates. We'll see how it ends up splitting later on in the season. I would agree with that assessment, Field. I have Damian Williams at 19. I actually think he has a nice game here. It's going to be, it's a sneaky, by the way, it's an over under of 52 and a half. Like it's a, a, it's, you know, yeah, it's one of the five for Kansas City. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, people, Kansas City, people are like, oh, Jacksonville, you know, could it be a, you know, right. no, it's going to be a high scoring game here. And so I think you want a part of this game as much as possible. So obviously you're, you're starting all the obvious Chiefs. I'm in on, I'm in on Sammy Watkins this week as well. Um, but yeah, I prefer Damian Williams over LaShawn McCoy. To your point, Field, when this happened, we talked about this. We don't know what's going to happen because I don't think the Chiefs even know. Like, LaShawn McCoy suddenly became available to them. They thought it was an upgrade for them over Carlos Hyde. They made the move quickly, and they're going to figure it out. 
Agreed on that. By the way, Patrick Mahomes did have a rushing touchdown against Jacksonville last year. My B, you have D.D. Westbrook on the love list this week. You've had him all preseason as a player that you've got your eyes on. The connection, the rapport with Nick Foles is evident. And just a reminder, last year the Chiefs could not cover me, Daniel, Matthew, Stefania, and Kyle if somebody put us in a five-wide yeah. formation. Kendall Fuller has really struggled in the slot. He'll probably mostly be on, on D.D. Westbrook, who John Filippo called the best route runner he's ever been around. And so, yes, we saw that connection in the preseason here. Yeah, love me some D.D. Westbrook this week. I have him at uh, wide receiver 20. I'm as a top 20 play this week. A couple more games. Redskins and the Eagles playing in Philadelphia. Minus 9.5 is a line for Philly in their favor. For the Redskins to find it two injury question marks. Both Darius Geis and Jordan Reed. One is more specific to this week. One is more specific to what has happened over the past year. Yeah, let's start with this week. Jordan Reed with a concussion recently and a noted history of concussions. Um I would say just based on how limited the work he's been doing is so far, and you put everything together, it's not looking fantastic for his availability. If I had him as my tight end in fantasy, I would be looking for another option. Um, as far as Jerry's guys, By the way, this is again sort of crazy. I'm the lowest on Jordan Reed among the three of us. Like I don't know how that happened. Like, <laughs> like I'm as big a Jordan Reed defender as there is, and somehow like I'm even this like yeah, I, I'm with Stefania here. Like I'm at 13. Like I think he's a. Like and if he's out there, like there's a chance, you know, but it's, obviously you're we'll nervous. adjust these. But you know, we may find out as early as today what what his status is for the weekend. And Darius Geis, look, all the news has been fantastic. We've heard about how much uh, Washington's looking forward to deploying him because now yep. they have him back from the ACL surgery. I would just remind you of Dalvin Cook last year when everyone was so excited about how great he looked in the limited action in the preseason, and they couldn't wait to just put the running game on him and it ended up being problematic. That would be my concern for Darius guys who also had a hamstring issue in the start of training yeah. camp. So I uh, just hope that, that he doesn't get overworked too much too soon because they're so excited about him in the offense. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. There have been hints that Adrian Peterson could be a healthy scratch in this game. And, you know, Jay, uh, Jay Gruden coming out and saying that like they expect the offense to run through Darius guys, but in a game where the Eagles are almost 10 point favorites, could you see some Chris Thompson here if the, you know, if it gets out of hand, which it certainly could. And so, uh, it'd be interesting to see how it is. But, uh, Darius Geis for me, um, is, you know, I think he's more of a, a more of a flex play. He comes in at 27 for me, field you have him at 28. Stefania, you're a little bit lower, but we all, we all, we all love the talent. We're, but we're a little bit nervous about the this matchup. This is another here. one where the observation of the week is yeah. really key. I but, want to say how they use him, how he looks, all of that put together. Yep. Here's how you know football is back. Alshon Jeffrey appeared on in the injury <laughs> we, uh, report midweek. <laughs> on week. the Thursday. Thursday always. injury pop for Alshon Thursday. Jeffrey, I believe, is sick and has a biceps issue. Yeah, and th- there's no, no indication that he's at risk for missing this game, but we just felt that it was noteworthy that he was added on a Thursday because that can be significant. In this case, I don't believe that it is but hey Alshon thanks for reminding us okay who you are good news sounds <laughs> like we'll have Alshon on Sunday to me the thing that we are watching in this Philadelphia offense is of course the backfield and I think maybe some people would be surprised by this that love list candidate this week is not Miles Sanders it's Jordan Howard for you Matthew you actually have beliefs that that Howard is the good bet to eclipse his projection of just 8.8 points I mean I, I actually have Miles, again, and this is a good example of sort of what the love list is. So I have Miles Sanders at 26, Jordan Howard at 28, right? right? So I actually have, if I, you add both, I'm saying start Miles Sanders over Jordan Howard. But Jordan Howard's the one who made the love list, not Miles Sanders, because I think Jordan Howard 
definitely beats his projection of 8.8 because I think Jordan Howard scores this week. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think they're up big. I think they salted away with Jordan Howard. Remember the Eagles eighth in red zone rush percentage last season under Doug Peterson. Jordan Howard has scored nine touchdowns each of the last two years. Like he's a guy that is very good at the goal line and is a veteran as well. So my expectation is the Eagles win this game. I think they win it big. And when they're up, they're going to, you know, they're going to salt today with Jordan Howard. My if you had to pick one guy that gets into the end zone this week, I'd say it's Mark Ingram against the Dolphins, but if I had to pick a second guy, give me Jordan Howard. It is a very difficult Redskins defensive front. I'm looking forward yes, to the matchup here. Good it offensive is. line versus a good defensive line. One more game, also in the NFC East. It's the Giants playing the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? For the Giants, you know, it's kind of one guy you're playing other than Saquon Barkley, and that's Sterling Shepard. We think Shepard should be a fine option this year. He comes in as a top 25 play across the board. The Cowboys have a talented defense, so, uh, but I guess sort of by dint of anybody, nobody else being relevant. Yeah, Sterling Shepard makes the list beside Saquon. Well, right? I mean, or Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. I mean, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, I mean, I'm as a top four yeah, play. Evan Ingram made my love list as well. Like, I think he's going to have a monster season and a big game here against the Cowboys. Again, Dallas, a touchdown favorite here. New, uh, New York is going to have to throw to keep up with the Cowboys. We expect Dak and company to have a big game. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, in Dallas. And the Cowboys here, by the way, are a pretty chalky team most weeks, assuming they're all healthy. And Stefani, it sounds like Amari Cooper is good to go on Sunday. Yeah. Listen on the Injury report still this week because of the plantar fasciitis, but a full participant in practice and every indication that he's going to play. I bet he shows up as one of these where he gets removed from the injury report when they file that Friday report because the plan is for him to be out there. Good to know. That's good stuff right there. By the way, Dak Prescott is an excellent streaming option at quarterback. He's a number four player in terms of our ESPN consensus ranks this week at the quarterback spot. So if you sat Aaron Rodgers last night, if you're nervous about Matt Ryan, if you're nervous about some other player, don't want to play Kyler Murray out of the gates, Dak Prescott will be an outstanding option for you at your quarterback spot. A couple of reminders. New fantasy show on ESPN+. Plus. There's good dot, bad dot. Is that what I just heard? Yep, good dot, bad dot. Good stuff there. Also, plenty more uh, interesting insight from Matthew. Season debut of Fantasy Football Now is Sunday. First For this first week, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., we are on ESPN News, and then we switch over to ESPN2 for the final two hours. Yep. Uh, new host, Will Kane. New host, Will Kane. And the three um, of us. It'll be the three of us. It'll be, uh, it'll be your pals, uh, Stefania Field and Maddie. So, um, uh, and, uh, we've got some special guests as well. So I think you'll enjoy the show. But anyway, fantasy football now, 10 a.m. to 11 on ESPN News. And then after the Formula One race, we go to ESPN 2, 11 to 1. We will get you set with all the latest news, uh, there. And if you're interested in DFS, Matt, uh, Mike and Daniel have a podcast that <laughs> yes. comes out tomorrow. I can't get it <laughs> can't out get ever. It. <laughs> Mike and Daniel's DFS podcast debuts tomorrow. You will see it in your fantasy focus feed. It'll be there. Download, listen, do whatever you please. And by the way, if you're interested in DFS, rotopassdaily.com, promo code launch gets you 15% off. There you go. There you have it. Watch us on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday. Talk to you then. Peace out. He's a fantasy guru in a boat on an island, going full Hainsworth without even trying. Award-winning creations like his news or noise segment are reasons we all love the cut of his jib. Country fast and strong. Searching for a field shoe in a pile of
Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it works fast. <laughs> you, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents.